Hello, and welcome back to the Book Marketing Tips and Author Success Podcast. We're really excited about the show. I know we say, we say this all the time. I'm sorry, but we're excited about all the shows, but we're really excited about this one. Um, and we want to talk about the rules, which I know sounds like such a buzzkill, but we... Amy actually came up with this idea, so I'm going to let her share a little bit of the the Genesis story behind that. But um, the rules rules are there for a reason, and we're talking today about why it's important to follow them. Amy, do you want to lend a little bit more articulation? Because obviously, I'm not feeling articulate today. <laughs> that's okay. I feel like that's the perfect day to do a podcast. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, this really stemmed from, again, I know we've mentioned it many times, but for those of you that might be brand new, I usually end up communicating with authors when they first reach out to us. And I kind of feel out what they're looking for, what their goals are. If the book's out, I look at that, you know, all the different things. And we also ask them, you know, what you've been doing and it's really insightful when authors talk about their goals and what they're, why they're reaching out to us and what they they want our help with. And it's, it, like I said, it's very insightful and it says a lot about kind of where their headspace is at entering into a new book release or just starting their author career, especially. And we wanted to talk, we wanted to kind of address the common hangups that we see, because if you get into the wrong headspace about what being an author is and what it takes to succeed and the steps you have to go through Mm-hmm. you know, incrementally to get to that place, you throw everything out of whack, Yeah, you know, and yeah. especially in our position, your marketing won't be focused. You know, your goals are going to be in an unrealistic order. And honestly, at the end of the day, I can tell you that all of that comes together and your readers don't feel connected to what you've put out there. Right. You know, if you're not focused on the steps and the order that they need to happen, that comes through in everything about your brand and everything that you do. I know that sounds really heavy all of a sudden. Sorry, I didn't mean to, <laughs> to go to that place, but it, but it really is true. When authors come to us and they say, this is my goal and this is what I want you to do. And we know for a fact that that is not the place that they're at currently for who they are as an author and where their platform is at. That's when the tough conversations start to happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that part of this is wanting to talk about some of the common hangups in the industry and, and some of the simple things that authors don't take seriously enough or don't want to necessarily believe that the rules apply to them. And, you know, absolutely, we always get it. I mean, we we I know sometimes we seem like we don't get it, but we absolutely get it. Being a published author, I have 22 books out. It's a lot of work. Putting yourself out there is a big risk. The first, my very first book, I would never forget this. My very first book, I had nightmares that I had mm-hmm. that my book incited global hate. Like everybody in the world hated my book, <laughs> and I'm running down the street, and people are actually throwing my book at me. Like I, li- I literally, I remember this dream like it was yesterday. It, it, it so it's normal to be <laughs> nervous to not, you know, want that, you know, and it's also normal to expect the best. And kind of want to ignore the parts that you don't like. Um, and unfortunately, that's not how the industry works. I had a I had a somebody from who used to work Time Warner Books back when Time Warner owned 
was one of the biggest publisher publishing conglomerates out there, said to me that it's okay to be a maverick when you are successful. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But when you start out, you've got to follow the rules, which sounded like such a buzzkill to me. I remember I was in New York. I'm just like, this is awesome. I'm like, I'm just like, this is good. And he's like, you got to follow the rules. They're there. They're absolutely there for a reason. So Amy, um, take us through some of the big things that we see that authors do that are sort of the anti-rule following. Yes. So yeah, these are some, you know, I'm doing air quotes here. These are some (laughs) general rules. And again, we're talking about the path to success, you know? So we're talking about authors when you're first getting started, when you don't have an established brand, things like that, that authors will come to us and they kind of, they essentially give us some input that tells us they're ready to break the rules or they expect that these rules don't apply to them. And that's just not the case. So let's chat about First one, we see this a lot. Please don't turn off this podcast episode (laughs) if this upsets you. But when you're first starting out, for sure, big media is not available to fiction authors. And thank you. (laughs) Penny's like, say it louder for the people in the back. Say it louder for the, right. The people in the back didn't hear you. I know, but, and and this is an easy example to use, but it, it is a pretty common one because we do get people asking for this, you know, fiction authors that are pretty new on the scene. Oh my gosh. Now it's like, I'm stuck in the past. I won't let it go. But fiction authors that are new on the scene and they, they see a big name being interviewed on today. And they think, yes, that is my dream as a fiction author. And it's like, that is not a good dream to start with. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. In fact, we had a guy, we, so we had this author and um, was a, I forget now what genre of book it was, but it was one of those things where he really wanted to get on national media. And Amy very, was very lovely in her note. And I'm not just saying that because she's on this <laughs> <laughs> I'm Not just saying that because she's within earshot. But she very lovely told this guy, you know, that just it's, it's, it's a little bit out of your reach right now. And um, he lost his mind mm-hmm. and he went on to Twitter and started losing his mind at me. Like, and he was, he was vile and mean and just, so that's an extreme, that's an extreme <laughs> situation, but it's, it, it, you can waste a lot of time trying to set, you know, trying to chase after big media. Yeah. That's a very good way to put it, Penny, you can waste a lot of time assuming the rules don't apply to you. And you really, and you really miss out on a lot of really fabulous foundational opportunities and other wonderful things that can happen for your book and for your brand overall. If you, if you're only focused on these really long-term, really next level type goals. And and that's that's why when when fiction authors come to us and say, I want big media, I want TV interviews, I want the big magazines. Part of it too, and we'll move on from this, sorry, is that I think it's easy to get, well, it's easy. Are we going to move on? Because I'm having so much fun just harping on this one topic. No, I'm kidding. I know, but it's easy to get wrapped up in the goals, but Penny... Don't you think that it's it's also easy for authors to forget that they are also consumers? And it's like sometimes it's when you ask them, like, 
when was the last time you saw a fiction author interviewed on television? Yeah. When was the last time you saw a fiction book that wasn't being promoted by Oprah or Reese Witherspoon in a national magazine? Right. You know, these really are opportunities that are so few and far between. Yeah. And I think when you're mapping out your goals and you've put a lot of time into something, it's easy to think that those are so close and within reach because your book is amazing. And we love that you feel that way about your work. But when you really sit down as a consumer and think about how often you're seeing fiction books covered in that way, it's not often. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. It's not often. I think that today's show schedules four authors a year or something on the show. And they're usually... You know, they're, they're, unfortunately, they're really, they're really big names. So, so to put this podcast into perspective, now that we've just buzz killed all over your uh, joy, <laughs> I'm sure at some point we're going to get a review on, on, on Apple uh, iTunes or something like these, these women are not very joyful. Like, yes, I know sometimes we're just, um, but the other thing, and, and I want to, I want to just jump into point number three because this is something I see so much, not having a specified reader market, mm-hmm. and, and I got to tell you, I, and let me just add to this, and part of the reason why I wanted to take this, Amy, because I forgot to mention to you when we were in the green room, I hear so many times that authors are, I'm literary fiction, I'm women's fiction, mm-hmm. pick a reader market. I mean, literary fiction, I'm sorry, obviously, I, I, went, I, I went on a hike this morning with a friend of mine and we got lost. And so I'm like, I've been walking through mud. I got She's just rain. happy to be alive right now. Honestly. I'm just happy to be alive, people. Woo-hoo! But seriously, and I have nothing against women's fiction. I have nothing against literary fiction. But are you sure that that's where your book belongs? Because one of the things that I found in calls that I've done, I think in the last three months in particular, is that authors are using that genre as a placeholder. Like, I don't really know where it belongs, so I'm just going to put it here. Really? Right. (laughs) I'm sorry. I know I'm getting totally out of... No, but again, Penny, I think you're totally right because authors, hopefully, are also readers. And again, not all literary fiction is the same. Not all women's fiction is the same. And I think there are very few readers out there that'll just like, oh, it's women's fiction. I'm sure I'll love it. It's like, no, they have no. other questions about the storyline and that, you know what I mean? There are so many other nuances that somebody wants to know about before they decide that that book is actually right for them. And I think most authors as readers would say the same thing. And again, but that headspace where it's your product and it's your baby and you get caught up in, you know what I mean? You get those yeah. blinders on where you forget to be a consumer as well and be objective but yeah, nobody reads all women's fiction. Nobody reads no. all literary fiction. And if that's the kind of people you're going after, you're really going after very few readers. Yeah. Yeah. So you really got to be careful getting caught in that, that, you know, and if your book, listen, if you're, if we're going to get an emails from people like my book is literary fiction. Absolutely. But make darn sure when, you know, when you're, when you're releasing this book, that that's actually really where it belongs because, um, it's, it's, it's a big enough deal that we mentioned it on the podcast. We're not just here to like, because we have nothing else to do. No, And even when we have these ranting episodes, it's honestly because we know that these are obstacles to real success 
When do we have ranting episodes? Come on, Amy. Have you not I, been know, I, think, I think this one qualifies. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely think this one qualifies. But All right. Truly, so what? What? We have, we have no skin in the game in, in that regard. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, so we just know that these are the kind of things that keep authors from actually like hitting those, you know, milestones of real success and getting yeah. to the bigger areas. We just, we just, it happens. And yeah. we don't like seeing that because it frustrates us too. Um, the other one I want to touch on, I won't, I won't harp on it for as long as the fiction one. Sorry, fiction people. Um, but nonfiction authors, the big media element that also applies to you. If you don't have a platform to support the yeah. fact that you are a really strong thought leader and that you are somebody to be listened to. I know it sounds sad, but there really are very few new ideas out there or new concepts anymore. So setting yourself apart is really important. And it's extremely hard to do that if you don't have a platform. If somebody doesn't search your name and they instantly see you tied to this topic in multiple places, again, we've talked about it before, online real estate. You need a lot of online real estate to command big media. Yeah. And so if you don't have that online real estate established, you need to focus on other incremental successes when it comes to influencers. And there are a lot of them out there and they are amazing. You know, yeah. so so don't think that big magazines or big TV shows are the be all end all because Penny and I have talked to too many authors that have actually gotten those opportunities that saw no changes in their book sales. You know what I mean? They it didn't change their life completely. So don't assume that that is your, you know, ticket to success either. So there are a lot of opportunities out there, smaller incremental opportunities that can do amazing things for your exposure and your sales. But again, if you don't have the online real estate as a nonfiction author, you really got to be realistic about where you need to start in terms of getting coverage. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because we, and I've told, I think I'm very certain I'd be shocked in our third season if I haven't told the story before, but we, the, I have an author, we worked with this author, I don't know, a long time ago and he got on Oprah um, and he was so excited about it. Got on Oprah. He sold like, I don't know. He sold like maybe 500 books being on Oprah. I mean, it was, it was really nothing compared to what you would expect. Right. And then I remember, (laughs) yeah, I remember I talked to this literary agent and she had her author. She was so excited. Her author was going to be on the today show and sold. I mean, it was less than a thousand books. I mean, I think it was like 700 books or something. It was so, so sometimes it's, it's a little bit, and, and, you know, the other piece of it too, to consider, and this, I know this isn't a media show and we, we want to move on because I, I know we get stuck on, we get stuck on our topics and we get so hard to move us off of there. But the, the other piece to consider is that media has changed. So Mm -hmm. it might be fun to do an updated media show. Media has changed. We listen to things um, and we view things much differently than we used to. Um, not that major shows don't have the kind of pull, but a lot of times you can get some great traction by going more granular. And that will benefit most authors, especially if you're starting out, to build your um, to build your success that way, to look yeah. for opportunities that everybody else overlooks. Exactly. It's going to be a lot shorter. Yeah. The kind of cool organic buzz, you know, that you get with smaller opportunities seems so much more legit. You know what I mean? I don't right. know. Right. And exactly. Can exactly. we move on? Yes. Sorry. Okay. Go ahead. I'm done. No, no. I'm done venting. <laughs> I'm, I'm equally as guilty. Okay. So not having a website. 
it's, it's kind of, that's one of those things now it, people need to know that you're a thing. It sounds really weird. I know, but I know, you know, it doesn't have to be super fancy. It doesn't have to be really expensive. It just has to, honestly, I'm going to say it. It shows that you take yourself seriously yeah. and it shows that you take their time and their investment in your book and what you have to give them seriously as well. You know, it, it's, it's the kind of your home base, your foundation. Again, it can be very simple, but in 2023, not having a website, it, it's, it's kind of not a thing anymore. Yeah. I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And there really isn't a lot to say on that. You got to have, and it doesn't have to be complex. We've talked about websites yep. before, so yep. you can definitely take a look at some of those shows. It doesn't have to be complex. It doesn't have to be, you know, it, 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 you don't have to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on a website. No, you really don't. You can get a great website nowadays for $500 or less. Honestly, if you go with the right company and they're legit, like, and they are out there, um, and it will represent you very clearly. It will give you, like I said, a good home base for your work. And again, it just, sadly, that is a next level thing now because so many authors don't want to go there until they're, I want to know this is a thing. I want to know I'm going to make a bunch of money. I want to know that people love me. I want to know that I'm going to be successful. And it's like, if you keep piling all those on top of these foundational things that you should be doing, you're never going to get around to it. Yeah. <laughs> and, it yeah. and it's just going to be working against you. You know, you're going yeah. to be in a weird spin cycle of nothing's working, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's exact. That's exactly right. Okay. Do you want to handle the next one, Penny? I will handle the next one. Now, yeah, I've, now we honestly, we can go in any order. <laughs> well, yeah. So not having social media, <clears throat> I, there are authors who don't, I mean, you know, um, Seth Godin is a great example of this. He's not on any social media, but the, obviously that's Seth Godin, right? So not having any social media because you hate social media is not a reason to not have any social media. I think you have to really make smart choices. I'm a big fan of you don't have to be everywhere or just be everywhere that matters. Be on one site and and do, you know, do the things on that site, but don't feel like you have to be on uh TikTok because of book talk or Instagram because of or Twitter because, you know, whatever. Find one place and call it home. Although, again, we did do a show, a nod to people who don't necessarily, authors who don't want to be, you know, who want to skip social media altogether. And I have a class on that. But mm -hmm. let me tell you, that equally, that also takes a lot of work. So I, I now I feel like I'm yelling. I'm sorry. No, and that was my say it louder for the back, for the people in the back moment. Like, it is like, not an easy loophole. Skipping social media can actually end up meaning you have to do more. Yes. It's, it's just a choice you're making, you know? Yes, 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 absolutely. That is 10,000% accurate. I would say that it is, it is a, um, if you skip social media, take a listen to our marketing your book without social media episode because you still have to do the work. This isn't an easy out. Yes, I love that. Okay, so the next one, a lackluster showing on retail sites like Amazon, oh, especially why Amazon. Why don't you take this one? Because I'm just, I'm going <laughs> to mute myself and beat my head against the wall. Sorry. Yeah, have a sip of water. No. <laughs> <But> you, know, <laughs> I, 
I kind of equate this to like, if you go to a restaurant and it's a little dirty or, you know, you set your, your pan down on the table and it's sticky or nobody comes to your table. You know what I mean? Like there's these little things that are just, sorry, did I, I didn't mean to go too far with that. No, no, but it is have lunch after this, but I guess I'll skip it. (laughs) Truly that kind of experience at a restaurant absolutely affects your opinion of what you're doing. You may not even stay. Honestly, there are plenty of people that'll walk out, but to that point there, I was going somewhere with this. That is, (laughs) I'm not going to gross everybody out, but that is very similar to having a janky retail page for your book. So having grammar mistakes. Oh yeah. Not having a book description that is fully fleshed out that actually tells a reader what the hell your book is about. Yes. Not having an author bio or having a very lackluster one that sounds like you're applying for a job in high school. You know what I mean? Like all of these things matter and people show up. And again, it doesn't look like you take yourself seriously. And that sure as hell means you don't take them seriously. Yeah. So, and there was an author that reached out to us the other day and there was a very small, just one of those oopsie moments where one of the words in his intro to his description was just wrong. You know, again, it's like one of those brain things where it's almost so simple. You overlook it. And I let him know. And he was so grateful because he's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that that, and it was a nonfiction book. So it was definitely very much like, I'm an authority. I know what to do. I've got all the answers. And then there was a glaring error on his first sentence. And this guy was not a slacker, but still, so it can happen to anybody, you yeah. know, but it shouldn't happen, you know, right. right. You should be looking at your retail page all the time and figuring out what can I do better? You should be looking at the competition, people that are on the bestseller list in the categories you want to rank for. What do their retail pages look like? What do you see consistently happening over and over again? I guarantee their pages are spotless and there's yeah. a lot going on and they give people 10,000 different reasons to buy their book in different ways, you know? Okay. Sorry. Go ahead, Penny. I'm like, I'm like no, 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 no. I think that's, I think that is, I think that is, um, you know, don't invite people to an unmade table. I mean, it's, that's, that, that's a, you know, that's a, that's a big, um, that's a big problem. All right. Not keeping your brand current with new releases or new content. So if you're a one hit wonder like we get it. You may only have one book in you. Fine. Um, but you gotta keep, if you want to keep marketing your book, if you want people to keep buying your book, you've got to keep some content out there. And it's really, it's much easier to sell your first book with your second and your third with your, you know, your, your second book with your third and so on. Most of you listening are probably listening because you aren't one hit wonders, right? A lot of times what happens is that you release the book, you throw all your energy into it and you feel like nothing much is happening and you get discouraged. And there is that window of time in the life of a book when nothing much happens. Mm-hmm. Happens to everybody. It happens to everybody. It happens to me. It happens to absolutely everybody. And I have 22 books out there, right? But you got to keep, you have to keep showing up for your own party. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, I mean, just to go back to that, that food analogy, right? You have to keep, keep the table set, keep the coffee warm. There you go. Keep, I love that. You know what I mean? Like keep it, keep 
Keep prepping for those readers, keeping that content out there, releasing new books on a regular basis. So a lot of times what happens is an author will say, you know, I'm going to wait to release my second to see what happens with my first. Mm -hmm. That to me is a problem. And those are also, so this isn't, and I know we're talking about rules. This isn't necessarily a hard and fast rule. Like you don't have to like, oh, I have to release two books a year. It's not about that. It's Mm -hmm. just about keeping, keep the train moving. Yep. I guess for lack of a better term. Yes. Does that make sense? Absolutely. You, people want a sure thing. You buy from companies that you feel are a sure thing. You buy products that you feel are a sure thing. People read books by authors that they feel are a sure thing. You know, yeah. and I think to your point, Penny, especially for series authors, we get a lot of series authors that will come to us and I'm like, when are you going to release the next book? Because it's been a bit. Those readers, they're gone. You know, they yeah. read book one and two. They're ready for book three. You told them book three was coming. Book three never came. They've found five other authors that they're now binging by now. Right, exactly. And it's going to be hard to get them back. So that's where things like having social media, having a website, having a newsletter, being out there, the other things that we've talked about, these others kind of like rules that you really need to follow help kind of keep, people invested in what you have going on because it takes you a little bit to release books. That's fine. As long as you're staying in touch with people, you know, giving them updates, showing up on social media, I'm here, I'm still working, hang with me a little bit longer. That's fair. That happens to everybody, but just dropping a book and disappearing for a couple of years and wondering why people aren't just, you know, pounding down your door. It, It, that's just not how it works. People forget, uh, consumers forget really, with so much going on, consumers forget really fast. Yep. Um, and, you know, and here's, here's a really good analogy. Amy and I were talking about shows that we like, right? And she was saying to me, and I said, oh my gosh, have you seen the show? It's back on Netflix. And she said to me something, and I, and was one of the best quotes and is perfect for the show. These shows take so long to release. I forget, I forget about them. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think the same is true for, for your, as an author, yeah. we have a lot of stuff. We have a lot of stuff that we can read. We, there's a lot of stuff out there. We forget. Absolutely. And, you know, like Penny said, every author goes through that moment where there's not much happening for your book, but it's really, and I realize it's not always possible, but as you get in the rhythm being able to announce an upcoming release while you're still at one of those high points of when you're getting a lot of attention and you have people's attention yeah, and you're selling books and people are listening to you and coming out and saying, I have a new book coming out this spring, or I have a new book coming out this fall. That is the sweet spot. Yeah. When you already have their attention, because once you kind of hit one of those low points, getting back up that hill is really hard, even yep. with the new book, you know, so just keep that in mind. It's, it's every new book is a new opportunity, but just kind of keep those ideas in mind when you're figuring out like, how often can I release a new book and what can I do in between releases to keep the momentum going, you know? Yeah. And I feel like this last point, Penny, we kind of already said this a million ways already, but you know, the rule you can't break is not treating this like you're running a business. Thank you. I'm glad you saved the biggest rule for last because that was, yeah. Yeah. It's, and again, I think we've given so many examples of why this is very much like running a business, you know, the planning, the coordinating, the strategy, the 
long-term thinking, the, you know, it's not just about one product. It's about everything that you put out there. You know, it really is. It is like running a business. You can have a lot of fun doing it, but you got to be in the right headspace. You know, you have to be realistic about what it takes and you have to take those challenges, you know, with again, a positive attitude, at least most of the time, not all the time, toxic positivity is real. Like, that toxic positivity. But truly, like you really have to look at this, like I'm running a business and I want to see it succeed. Like, and this is why those of you that have made it this long in this show and that listen to the podcast regularly, y'all have it, you know, you're doing all the right things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I, I love that we... I love that we finally did a show on this topic because I definitely think it was, I definitely think it was necessary. And it's not about, it's not really, it's this, remember, this is not about killing your buzz. We have shows on how to make the most of every single achievement, but it's really, it, it's important to stay in your lane. We all love the, we love the, we celebrate the rule breakers. We celebrate the Mavericks. But at some point, even the Mavericks and the rule breakers followed the rules, right? Mm-hmm. And it it's a waste of your time. And frankly, it's a waste of your money. And believe me, when I tell you, there are people, notice how my voice just goes up because I get so annoyed at this. There are people out there who will take your money and say that they are pitching you to national television. And maybe they will, knowing full well that you don't have a snowball's chance in H-E double hockey sticks of getting on the Today Show or Good Morning America or whatever it is, right? Thank you. It's, it is, yeah. It, it because it, it is just, these are, you know, maybe we should have called the show the time wasters because it, it, the it, money wasters, <laughs> the money wasters, the time waster. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I love that though, Penny. Thank you for saying that. Cause that's another reason we get so worked up about this is because there's too many people. There's a lot of people in the industry that will absolutely take your money because your dream is to be on television. And they know, like you said, Penny, they know that will never happen, but they're happy to cash that check. Yeah. And I'll tell you something, and I just want to bring this up. I'm not going to name names, although, you know, I'd love to name names. We need to do a podcast where we name names. No, I'm kidding. I know, right? Um, yeah, we'd be out of business. We'll wait till retirement <laughs> to, to do that. Like the swan song, <laughs> right? That would be our swan song episode. We were, hey, we're retiring tomorrow. So this is all the things. Um, I talked to an author who shall remain nameless about a publisher that they're working with and the publisher sold them 16,000. I have to take a breath before I say this $16,000 of what is basically crap. Things that will never benefit the author in any form ever. $16,000 literally down the drain with just, and, and, you know, that's the thing that really fires us up. It's like, you're, you're, you're selling these, you're, you're, you're selling these fake dreams. And that to me is, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's bad. It's just, it's really, really bad. And the problem is, is that authors sometimes don't know. It's not that they're naive. It, they, sometimes you just don't know because the industry is confusing and you don't really know who to ask questions or where to ask questions. So, right. And if you say, yeah. I want to be on, I want to be on national television, you have somebody going, oh yeah, 
we, we can, we can work on that. Here's the bill. You know, it's like, well, I guess that's a thing. And then that's why so many authors believe it's a thing. (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. Just because somebody hands you a bill doesn't necessarily mean that they can, you know, dish up what they promised. Notice all the food analogies. It must be close to lunchtime here in California. I'm just saying. Exactly. (laughs) It can always be lunchtime. It can, it can always be much time. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that this podcast is this particular show with in, in particular was helpful. We love your feedback. We love your show ideas. We love your show ideas. Send those over to us info at a marketing expert.com. And please post a review wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.